Welcome to Electrician U, the friendliest electrical forum on the internet where asking simple questions is nothing to be ashamed of. Electrician U, we have the solution for trade-related ignorance, and I'm your host, Brock Lancaster, and our co-host for this evening is Zachary Madden and Matt Bergman. And today's topic is, so you want to be an electrician. And what we're going to talk about this evening is the things that we probably would have done differently before we became electricians. Even we'll talk about some of the things that we uh, enjoy about being electricians, some of the perks, uh, some of the wonderful things that come out of this. And uh, even something, some of uh, how we got from being what we were before electricians to where we are uh, uh, today. Uh, so anybody want to start out just like talking about how they got to be an electrician in the first place? Yeah, I can tell my story. Um, okay. So my story, I was 22 years old when I first became an electrician. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who he was working as an electrician and he had been kicked, been screaming at me for weeks saying, Hey Matt, come on, man, we want you on this job. Come on, just try the job out. So one day they said like, Hey, we need help putting in can trims and hanging up some life fixtures. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll call into work on Monday and I'll come help y'all out. So I showed up to the job site Monday and that was two years ago and mm-hmm. I never went back. I, I called my boss at the old company I was working at the warehouse. I said, Hey man, I'm sick. And then I just never showed back up to my warehouse uh, job. And the rest is history, I guess. Yep. And I just stayed there. I stayed with the electrician and it's taken me places. Mm-hmm. So it's been a wild ride and I've been enjoying every second of it. That's great. What what you got, Zach? Well, I'm in the rare case where, you know, well, not that rare, but my father and his father before him were related to the electrical field in some way or form. So, I, And it just so happened that I liked doing it. So when I started doing it, I started at a very young age. Eventually, you started working for uh, my dad and then uh, eventually started working for money. And then... Um, after that, I, my first job was in a data center um, after working at secure sites and data centers and stuff like that, uh, solo. And I never looked back, even though that first experience was pretty pretty brutal as an electrician exp- um, apprentice for two and a half years. It was pretty awful. Wow. But, but I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and my story for the most part, it's a very very long story, but the short version is that um, when I first started out young in the trade, um, I really thought I wanted to be an electrician uh, because I knew how to do simple things like change out a receptacle or a light fixture, or even run a new circuit all the way back to the panel. Um, and so I thought that you know to be an electrician, all I really needed to know was that, hey, 14-gauge wire carries a 15-amp circuit. Um, if you have, let's say, uh, uh, if you want to do 20 amps, that's uh, um, your 12-gauge and 10 for 30, and um, and for 40 amps, you know, you're using 8-gauge uh, and so on and so forth. And so I figured if you just knew that and you use the connector that fit, you know, inside the panel, that's all you basically really needed to know to be an electrician. And... You know, I kind of ignored all the other stuff where if you go into commercial buildings and you're seeing switch gear and all that kind of stuff, it's like, well, I don't really want to, I don't really care about all that, but I still want to be an electrician. And it took me a long time to accept the fact that if I really want to call myself an electrician, I have to embrace the entire trade. You know, I can have, you know, I can still specialize in the things that I like doing or the things that I'm particularly good at, 
but I realize that I have to embrace all of it and not just, you know, take certain parts and pieces of it and then equate myself to somebody who's licensed. And um, so that's why I started learning about services and si uh, sizing and calculations. And um, like I said, all the stuff that I never thought was significant many, many years ago. But now that I've, you know, gotten licensed and I've gotten into this, I realize how important this is. So, um, um, you know, I'm very glad to be, you know, where I am as far as this is concerned. But, you know, when we talk about like, you know, so you want to be an electrician, a lot of times, you know, we were other things before we became this. And some of us have even said things like, if I knew then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. But now that I'm in it, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. And then um, others of us said um, that um, I knew that I wanted to do this from the time that I could walk and talk. Um, and so uh, if we were to say, like, um, if, if you guys could have done anything differently as far as, like, the pathways of your career, um, what would you say you probably would have done in that? So for me... I almost joined a, the IBEW straight out of high school, uh -huh. and I didn't. I can't remember why I didn't, because that was, what, six years ago now? Okay. And if I kind of kick myself every day for like not taking that job, because I could have been getting my journeyman. I would have got my journeyman's by now. I could have been testing for my master's, possibly. Mm -hmm. I don't regret not stepping straight out of high school into electrical because that's a big commitment for someone mm -hmm. that's 18 years old that's that's come that's going from being a kid to straight to being an adult and you don't have time to grow in between that mm -hmm. so i i wandered for a while and then i i wandered for a while and i became an electrician you know i'm I'm, fan, I'm happy with my career now but it's just i wish i had done it sooner yeah absolutely so i didn't really have much of a choice <laughs> but i i've never done anything other than this professionally um i got laid off once and i worked at a gas station for about two weeks and then i got the call back to work and that was the only ever time that i did anything other than this so i bored and bred for it <laughs> right ride or die not changing. Right. So, so nothing you would have, nothing would have done differently from beginning to end or from back then to where you are now. Oh, for sure. But going, you know, looking at it backwards, you know, from mm -hmm. where I am now, don't wishing I did something a little different or whatever else isn't going to, you know, it, it molded me into who I am right now and Absolutely. The, and the kind of craftsman I am right now, which Granted, if you look at some of my picks of work shares, <laughs> can be can be anything from atrocious all the way up to you know downright pretty, but mm -hmm. it, but it depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think me personally, um, I probably would have pursued this a lot sooner than I did, and I probably would have taken it a lot more serious at the time that it was given to me because I think. Like it wasn't necessarily an opportunity at the time to go into the IBEW, but there were a lot of opportunities that I had to uh, um, actually take advantage of uh, of the information, which I didn't. Um, as I said before, you know, as long as I knew twenty amps for for um, um, uh, a twelve gauge wire, you know, we were good to go. <laughs> 
as long as I knew how to wire up devices, you know, I figured that's all I uh, needed to know. And well, uh, go ahead. if you did track homes, that'd be true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then that would make you an installer more so than an electrician, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why, you know, all, people in the commercial district have a tendency to look down on tracked home people. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, you know, but I don't really count, count myself as one of them because they do something I simply can't do. Yeah. So I have a funny anecdote about uh-huh. the commercial views on track home guys. Yep. So I, I, as most of y'all know, I worked in production residential track homes for like nine months, mm-hmm. and there was a couple times where they would ask a bunch of us trim out guys to go help them trim out schools because they just weren't fast enough. Yeah. And they would assign like two of us to one classroom and like they give us like three or four assignments that were just like one classroom, one hallway. And we'd come back and be like, Hey, we're done. What's next. Mm-hmm. And they look at us like, what do you mean you're done? That should have been like a whole day of work. It's like that was two hours <laughs> of work on a bad day, man. Right. <laughs> so like they hate us until they need us, which is, you know, yeah. most things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess because of that repetition of being able to put those receptacles in, where it's like, if you're doing commercial, you're kind of taking a little bit of everything in. So it's like, you got to change gears every time you go from, let's say, installing a disconnect for HVAC unit to installing a receptacle to pulling some MC from one side of the building to the other. Well, that's, so a whole, that's a whole topic of conversation where mm-hmm. we, we, you should be doing, should be staging your work in a way that you're doing the same thing for hours at a time so that you get faster and faster and faster as you go through it. Mm-hmm. And it, so, like, for the, if you're wiring disconnects, you should be wiring disconnects until you're done, then mm-hmm. switch gears instead of going from disconnects to switches to switch mm-hmm. gears to, you know, bouncing around. You don't, you don't gain any speed that way. Yeah. But sometimes it's that way because like the way the job is managed or because of the way, like you're trying to, uh, um, complete things on your punch list or complete things on, on your, uh, um, task list. So that way, like your supervisor can go back to his supervisor and say, let's say this part of the building is complete. You can cross this off now. And so, you know, we may not always agree like with, with the, what the workflow should be. But like one of the things that, you know, I'm learning in this industry is that it's like different everywhere you go, where it's like sometimes you do have control over um, the order of of how things are going to be done. And other times you don't. And it's like you may be, you know, kind of fed the the tasks piecemeal where they say, you know, just go do this. Come back and tell me when you're done. I'll give you the next thing to do. Yeah, there's a time and a place for that. Like, if you're, if you're, there, there are specific personalities and people that can handle mm-hmm. bouncing around like ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that just can't. Like, so there's some people that they have to have structure in their day. You know, we do this and then we do this and then we do this. And then there are some people who, if you, if you give them into, if you confine them to that cubicle, mm-hmm. then they're just going to go crazy and they're going to get bored in a week because it's all scheduled and planned. Some guys like just flying by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like as an electrician, you have to kind of figure out which, you know, what, what best suits your personality or what best suits your style of work. Um, because like a lot of times people will be put in these situations, they'll get frustrated and walk away thinking that's the whole electricity, electrical field as a whole. Not knowing yeah. that like, you know, you have like different people do different things, just completely different ways. Yeah. I saw that on my production um, time. Mm-hmm. I had guys that their entire five year careers were just plugging and switching. 
Yeah. And I came onto the site and I had only been doing it for about a year at the time. And I told them like, Oh yeah, I was digging a trench here. Then I was in an attic the next day. Then like then the same day I was pull, I was hanging light fixtures and they're like, I mean, you weren't just trimming out houses. I'm like, no, there's so much more to the field than just trimming houses. And that's, there, mm-hmm. there's so much. And like, if you're, if you get stuck in a big company, you see such a narrow part of the industry. It, yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, I guess this is a tip on, say you want to be an electrician is you, you, you can't let yourself get pigeonholed into being the panel guy or the mm-hmm. trim out guy or mm-hmm. just the guy for this thing. That is mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do because that's all you're ever going to do. Yeah, okay. I, I did. You know, I purposely pigeonholed myself into what I do, so I'm. I, I don't get an opinion on this one. I mean, but no, <laughs> like you can you can share your like. Well, but what you do is a very expansive set of a sub subgenre of the electrical field. That yeah, that that would be accurate. I I I just don't. <sighs> If I broadened my horizons, I think my head might explode. Really? If that makes... Yeah. I mean, because it covers, you know, mechanical, electrical, mm-hmm. and then, and then you know, so not just the mechanical side of things, so the heating and cooling side or chillers, you know, mm-hmm. cooling towers, all that, heat exchangers, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't just cover that. It covers, you know, protected power, standby systems, and then you get into like dual power sources or three, you know, triple power sources, and then you wind up adding in something else. Like, let's say I wanted to try my hand at, you know, doing all the data work, you know, and like the over, you know, the 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 network tray or whatever, or if there's overhead network tray or whatever. If I wanted to try to like learn how they're doing that kind of stuff, because it's a different kind of optical cable that I've never experienced before or never seen before in some mm-hmm. cases where I like, I would try to learn how that works and there's only so much space and bandwidth up here. Whereas if yeah. I, if I tried to like broaden out as an electrician, you know, that's a subset of elect, you know, of electrical work, you know, voice data and video or communications uh-huh. and stuff like that. It's not, it's not, it, it it's not a walled field of study mm-hmm. or, you know, trade i see so basically what you do doesn't come with an instruction manual or a textbook correct yeah so it's basically you know i have to do you know i have licenses and certifications and a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. all of them are kind of cursory to you know electrical but there's also stuff that is has nothing to do with it you know it's like thermodynamics it's you know cf you know cubic feet a minute um Mm -hmm. it's also you know how different how like back net and Modbus talk to each other, what kind of transcoder or encoder you need, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. So it's a little bit more broad. And if I had to, tr- yeah. and if I had to try to like pick something else up, I might just suck start a shotgun. Not literally, but yeah, I'd go nuts. I think you took what I meant by pigeonholing yourself. You took that as like a very broad sense, but like when you go to, I'm going to draw from my commercial, my production residential is on the, on that site, you have rough-in guys, you have the panel guy, you have trim-out guys, and the only thing they know how to do is that part of the trade. They do one thing extremely well, and that's all they know. That's what I meant by like pigeonholing yourself and not becoming that guy. Is not Don't just do panels, do the whole you know service, troubleshooting, install receptacles, rough-in houses. Like You want that overarching, broad knowledge of the whole part of the industry you're in. 
But, you know, to, to, to Zach's point, though, I think, like, based upon what he does, um, there are still a lot of careers that are very similar to his. I just, when he was saying that, it reminded me of, like, one of my previous jobs where I was doing a lot of the systems and lighting control and even, like, the back net and the building automation and interfacing, like, with HVAC systems and things like that. Because it's like my position is like like my background was not just an electrical, but it's a little bit of IT, it's a little bit of security systems and a few other things. And so I was able to take like the compilation of all my life experiences up to that point and use them on the job. And so at one point I had a, a job in the industry where I'm working in finished air conditioning buildings, pushing a cart with a laptop on it, basically updating the firmware on all the equipment. And, you know, people look at me and say, well, man, how can I get a job like that? What kind of job do you have? So I'm an electrician. And so oh, electricians do that. Oh, wow. And so but there's but, but the position I was doing didn't really have a job description or a title or even like a pathway to say, if you want to be the guy pushing a cart down a hallway with a laptop, you know, how, how do I get that position? Or just like with, with Zach's position of, of, you know, working like with the chillers and what they call the crack units and all the different things that go into what he does in terms of like the data centers. And so I think that even like when you're going into the industry, when you have previous experience doing other things, let's just take, for instance, like uh, as a rough example, Matt, you know, you were talking about you worked in a warehouse. Um, every job site needs somebody who needs to handle the materials to know where everything is to be able to log that stuff in. So it's like you've got a warehouse on site. And not that you know everybody should do that, but I'm just saying there's there's always going to be something, I think, uh, um, that you could bring in your from your previous experience somewhere into the electrical field. If it's not even on this particular job you're working now, there may be a job for you, you know, somewhere in the industry. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about warehousing and Every, mm -hmm. every electrician has a shop and what's a shop it's a warehouse for all our material right mm -hmm. and so i can't tell you how many hours i've spent at my company rearranging materials so that way we can walk into the shop and then find what we're looking for and i pulled upon my four or five years of warehouse experience mm -hmm. to be able to do that in an efficient manner so i mean there's yep. always crossover stuff mm -hmm. and that's one thing that is pretty great about being an electrician because it takes all sorts and kinds. Yes. Uh, that's the same for, you know, any part of the trade or different, you know, different other careers, but mostly in the trade. I mean, you can have some guy who's perfectly content with just pushing a broom for 20 years. Yep. And they're in, you know, uh, you know, the electrician's union, they're perfectly fine with doing that doesn't mean that they don't know how to do the electrical stuff it's just you know that's the job that they assign themselves and everybody else is happy with it because they don't want to do it yes mm -hmm. you know on that topic of how it takes all kinds to be an electrician one thing if you're getting into the trade if you don't like the current environment you're working in whether it be you're in new construction or you're in service work or industrial or commercial or residential either find a new job that's doing a different section of the industry than you are or talk to your manager and see if you can't get to broaden your horizons because like it, there's so many subgenres of this trade that there's almost something for everybody in in this trade yep and then you can even like look in the least likely of places uh for for a position because we're always thinking like um electrical companies but you can work in the government you can work for a supermarket chain you can work for a retail store yep. they all need maintenance people electricians specifically 
Yeah, and then accomplishes. Yeah, and then you can also do other. You know, you don't just have to just do. You know, any of that stuff too. You could go work for a security firm, or whatever, and they'll have you contracted out to do X Y Z thing at whatever building. And all you mm-hmm. do is you go around and you make sure that they're you know everything's hunky dory with there's you know power to their security panels or what yes. or whatever. Or you mm-hmm. could even go and you know um, survey you know, do a site survey for a building that, well, now you're, you know, your years of experience of, you know, being an installer or an actual, or an electrician or a VDV guy, you can actually go through and go through the entire building and have a fundamental understanding of how that thing was constructed and actually do the whole site survey thing fairly well, if not really well, just because you have experience in, you know, whatever other jobs you've had until this point. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you can also, after you've been doing it long enough, you can move into being an inspector for the city. If you really want like a nice cushy job that makes all of us pissed off all the time, then you can just <laughs> be a city inspector. <laughs> Given enough experience in the trade, because they're always looking for licensed inspectors. Yeah, that's true. And then if you even want to get more cushy than that, you can like be the guy that babysits the job. Let's just say like, you know, you're waiting for an answer or waiting for materials like, you know, um, a lot of times I find myself in situations where I'm, I'm sitting in front of a job site like, like for four hours waiting for answers. And, you know, oh, <laughs> for some that people, was that's, me that's on Friday. Where was it? What <laughs> happened? So <clears throat> I, I, I live in I live just north of San Antonio. Uh-huh. We, we built this church in Dallas about two years ago. And the church wanted to hire my boss again to come do the to do some work for him to add a couple circuits for a microwave. So he's like, hey, Matt, can you take the truck and I'll pay your time? Can you drive up to Dallas and install this, install these two microwave circuits? It should just be like a three foot run of EMT, pull two circuits through it, be done in two hours. I get to the church and I walk in and I start talking to some of the members of the congregation and they're like, Oh yeah, no, we, we changed where we wanted the uh, plugs for the microwave and we just want you to use this J box. There's wires in there you can use. And I sat there and I looked at them and I'm like, that's not how this works. I have to have dedicated microwave circuits. I have to have two of them because they're two microwaves. I can't just tap into the wires in this box because you don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. And so I had to go sit back in my truck for another three hours while my boss played phone tag. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call you guys back another time after I had driven four and a half hours to come do this job. They're just like, oh, no, you, we don't need you to do that today. But you didn't bring like a laptop with you. Or you can, you know, play games on your phone or something like that. I mean, I had lot. YouTube on my phone. OK, they're just like. I, I, I am not the kind of person that can just sit still for hours and be content. I have to be working, tinkering, like just doing something. And that's just my personality. So like, if you like to just coast, man, commercial service work is your, is your field, man. It's, it's mm-hmm. all you, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll stick to my residential service where I have to have <laughs> my hair on fire at all times to get everything done in time. And I yeah. guess, I guess the other, you know, to piggyback off of that, it'd be, you know, if that's one of those more difficult parts for you, like what else would be the most difficult part? Difficult part uh, being in the industry. Are you talking like pet peeves, like for like me personally, or like just like just in general? Well, let me think about that because if, if well, aside of pet peeves, if we're just talking about like, you know trade related uh, uh, business, you know some of I the hardest. One. 
Okay. Uh, um, you know, so, so some of the hardest things sometimes is like, let's say if um, um, you have to work with other trades and let's say you're working with a GC who's not as experienced and you're trying to explain to them um, why something has to be a certain way and they're kind of arguing you down because someone else told them it could go a different way. And it's almost like, you know, trying to explain to a kid why they can't have ice cream and cake for breakfast. Um, because like, you know, a kid may think, you know, if it tastes good, it must be good for me. And so you look at this GC, you look at the other trades saying that uh, um, there's a reason why we cannot put EMT underground. Or there's a reason why, you know, the wire has to be THHWN. And, um, and they're like, well, I've seen other people do before. I, I don't see what the problem is. And, and, and so, you know, you kind of, you know, especially when you're outnumbered, it's very difficult to, you know, kind of stand your ground and say, okay, this is the way it's got to go. Because you, you know, you're, you're afraid of like what they may, you know, say back to your boss back at the office and the boss is going to come back and say, you know, if you don't really have a supported boss and he's like, well, you know, why did you get everybody upset in the meeting? and Why are you being difficult with everybody? So, you know, you, sometimes you got politics that you got to deal with sometimes. Yeah. So my 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 uh, my 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 off the top just things I cannot stand in the uh -huh. industry. Yeah, incompetent GCs. Yes, like I just cannot. We had a problem in the production uh, crew that I worked on where they would try to stack all the mechanicals in one house on one day. Mm -hmm. And you know, for a lot of you commercial cats, that's that's like, oh well, you're just working around the, you're working around each other. Like, What's the big deal? It's like, well, we have a tw two thousand square feet and walls. And the HVAC guys take up ninety percent of that space with their with their um their their flex duct and all that stuff, and then the plumbers have to come in with the pipe, and then we have our wires on top of that, and we're all tripping over each other because I got wires hanging off the ceiling trying to pull them through the house. Plumbers trying to navigate a ten foot piece of pipe through the house. HVAC guys are I don't even know what the HVAC guys are doing. They're just sitting there drinking beers in the attic or something. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I I cannot stand GCs who. Who who claim they've been doing this for over a decade, but don't understand the uh, construction process? Mm -hmm. So why why do you have to drill out a hole in the wall? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 we need a yeah yeah we need a device there, but why do you still have to drill a hole in the wall? Yep. <laughs> yeah, or or when uh, the 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 homeowners get involved, that also causes problems, at least in the residential world, because they don't understand it at all. Oh yeah, we could just move this receptacle from here to over there, move that switch up and down. It shouldn't be that difficult, should it? It shouldn't be, but it always is. It shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and hey, hey, you know, I bought this at Home Depot today. You think you can install this for me? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I checked. I, I checked the reviews online. You know, it says this is like the best light fixture, you know, available on the market. Well, uh, you see here, it's not UL listed, so I can't touch it. Okay. I have a I have a story about non UL listed lights. All right. Okay. <laughs> I uh I was working at this wedding venue, and it's one of those weird residential uh type deals where there's like some commercial elements, but it's like wired in Romex. The actual buildings in Romex. We had like four or five feed through panels, different panels throughout the property. Uh, the the owner of the wedding venue had bought these um artisanal handmade lights from mexico and they weren't you listed they weren't like manufactured any kind of specific standard and she insisted that these were the lights they were going to use they refused to compromise on anything so we hung we hung four of these lights 
took us two days because we had to completely rebuild how they were mounted. Cause the only, the only way that they held, held on the ceiling was like really thin, like probably like 20 gauge sheet metal, uh, caps mm-hmm. and then SO cord just knotted on top, screwed into yeah. a box. That's how they were supposed to be mounted to the, to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And me and my boss said, no, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not an acceptable mounting method for these lights. So we had to completely like re-engineer how these lights were hung. It took us two days, and we were pissed off at them. And oh, it was horrible. So how, how did you end up surviving that? I mean, did you just say we, we walked out? And we're not going to do it, or I mean, it it wasn't getting inspected, so it okay. didn't, really, didn't matter because mm-hmm. we were out in the boonies, and there was no there's no one to inspect the property. So we just made it work with what we had, um, as safe as safe as we could make it, mm-hmm. essentially. I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I just want to take a quick moment for a station break here, uh, just to talk about electricianu.com. Um, and you're joining us for our podcast that we're having right here in our Discord server. And so you can find us on Discord at electricianu. And you can also find us on all kinds of social media, all the social media platforms. We do have a presence there as well. And we have all kinds of resources available at electricianu.com. So if you're studying for state exam, uh, you need continuing education, um, or you just want to simply just, you know, edify your own knowledge, we offer a comprehensive array of videos, study guides, uh, interactive forums, and even online classes for $19.95 a month. That's just about less than 70 cents a day. And if you don't want to do that, we still have lower membership levels if you just want to be a supporter. Um, We have uh, free YouTube videos on our YouTube channel if you want to get more in depth. That's going to be in our members only area. And um, so just take a moment to check out what we have at electricianu.com. So let's get back into the discussion here. Yes, I want to pose a question to you two. Absolutely. Our our masters. So when people want to get into the trade, right, Uh is, is the best advice just to just 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 do it like don't don't overthink it just start figure out what you what the bare minimum is you need get that done and just get out there and start applying places or do you think it's a better approach to try to sit back and try to know everything you can before you can before you step on the step foot on a job site i would say do both at the same time because um a lot of times you don't know how well you're going to like something or how much you're going to stay into it until you get out there and do it, get your hands in it. And um, by the same time, until that day comes, still ask people about it. Tell people what you'd like to do. See what's going on. Um, I think you can do it both ways simultaneously. I would agree. But there's also the whole, if you ain't learning, you're dying mentality. So like, yeah, you want to learn how to, you know, do the bio, you know, body biomechanical manipulation of the tools, how your how your body mechanics work on tools. Everybody's works a little bit different. Everybody has a mm-hmm. different workflow. Mm-hmm. It would behoove you to learn how you work and operate mm-hmm. as well as you know, learn things from like the electrician you YouTube videos, Sparky channel, engineering mindset. Anything you can get your hands on, and depending on how you learn, some people learn just from reading it, and then they learn it. Some people learn from watching somebody else do it, um, you know, whether that's on the job site or a YouTube video or whatever. You can continue learning, even on your, you know, your quote-unquote free time. Mm-hmm. You can learn, 
any any and everything. I mean, you know, we're in the age where we have a device in our pocket that is connected to the internet at all times. Mm-hmm. And there's literally an unlimited amount of information that you can just pull up within three seconds. Yeah. So the reason I asked that is I see, I see a lot of people on discord. They come in, they ask questions like, Hey, I want to be an electrician. And, and but they they get so like stuck in the, I want to be as prepared as I can be to join the, to get into the trade versus like, you know, my experience has been, I pretty much, came into the trade knowing how to hang light fixtures, right? And I just mm-hmm. learned everything else by myself and on the job. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people get kind of paralyzed in that, like, oh, I need to learn everything I can. And then they, they start down the rabbit hole of electrical, and it just never stops. And they never feel confident to, like, go forward because they don't realize that as an apprentice, you're expected to know nothing. That's okay, the expectation. So, yeah, so I probably, you know, based upon what I said earlier, I probably would have been a terrible employee had I gone to work for somebody um, early on, uh, simply because I think if not most, if not all, but most electricians or most electrical companies and most owners of these companies would rather have somebody that they can shape and mold versus somebody that they've got to kind of break out of bad habits. Um, because like I say, if you're somebody who was self-taught, you may not, you might've already developed bad habits before anybody got their hand on you, like bad habits of like, you know, leaving tools on the floor and like, you know, your tools are all over the place. So it's like, I'm trying to find you kind of leaving a trail of tools and trash and wire clippings everywhere you go, because you haven't really, you know, thought about, you know, picking up as as you go along. And so it's like those little bad habits kind of annoy, you know, supervisors and foremen and superintendents and, 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 uh, owners of companies. Whereas, like, if I could have just gotten my hands on you when you didn't know the first thing, I, I could have, you know, um, um, put these right habits in you from the very beginning. Right. And so that, that also brings up a funny, uh, funny like, little anecdote that I've seen is that the people that you work for during your first, like, two years, mm-hmm. they influence how you, how you work, like, just for the rest of your career. Like, you see how these people operate. You see the people that you look up to and you like, you want to copy them and you kind of have your own flavor to it. But then like those people are the ones that kind of define your work style mm-hmm. for the rest of your career from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that is the case. Um, but then also it's like, you know, just like, like Zach was talking about the, the biometrics or, or uh, I forgot exactly the term that you used. Uh, but basically, like if um, let's just say, like you know, wearing the PPE, I, I would guess that most electricians starting out have never you know gotten used to wearing a hard hat and safety vest. And it's oh like, hell no, I, you know, <laughs> right? And, and, and so you have to like you know, because like some guys like to put the hat on backwards. Some people like to you know uh, um, maybe put the put the uh, um, what do you call it the liner in a certain way, or they might like to wear like a, a scarf. Or, or or a ball cap inside of it, you know. So you know, as a residential guy, what is PPE? Like we don't we don't want what? Gloves, okay, I'm sorry. Glasses? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, personal protective equipment, <laughs> hard hats, safety glasses, gloves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, in in residential, like that's not a required thing. So you don't see a lot of us resi guys wearing all that mm-hmm. safety gear because, for the most part, it just gets in the way of what we're doing. Like if you're trying to crawl in an attic with a hard hat on. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so annoying. Yeah, and so that's part of the reason why commercial tends to go much slower because there is no excuse for taking off your hard hat. So if you got to get into a tight space, you might have to take the extra time to get you and your hard hat between an air duct and, and, and a sprinkler pipe. 
Yeah. yeah, I got yelled at at a commercial site one time for taking my hard hat off because I was working under a concrete bench, mm-hmm. and there was no way I was fitting my hard hat, my hard head, and my body underneath the bench <laughs> to get my stuff done. Yeah. yeah, and you know, some people in the industry haven't heard of like you know, like a bump cap or right. or uh, FR. You know, when you're not coming into this, you know, you come into this from like let's say a residential track house you have, you know, different categories of PPE, you know, you have the level zero, which they don't have that system anymore. But when I was coming up, it was like level zero was basically a cotton t-shirt, cotton underwear, and, you know, blue jeans. Mm -hmm. And then category two was like an eight cal, you know, shirt or pants. And then like category three was the wizard robe. Well, they don't have that anymore. They have, you know, different KCAL ratings for, you know, different arc flash boundaries. And, going from you know tracked homes or being a painter or you know a paralegal or whatever and you come into this and then somebody's just like you know you need your you know you need your orange gear uh, what's that people come in here and they have no idea what that is mm-hmm. and, you know it's an, you know it's an orange burnt you know it's an orange bag that has all of your ppe in it you know you, you did you bring it what the hell is that mm-hmm. and that's yeah, you know <laughs> yeah Right, and see that's 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 why why it's important for me to know that there's so many other areas in this field because you know I show up on a job site that's the first thing you you say to me I I don't want to do this no more. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can skip. You know, some of it is seems like an insurmountable amount of stuff to just take on. You know, day zero. Yeah. You know, like you don't you don't start out you know working on you know 480 sync gear unless you are extremely lucky. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I mean, you know, it took five or six years before I ever was allowed to be in the same room that they were being, you know, that they were working on them with, uh-huh. you know, and that's just because that's just, that's how they were taught. And so that's not how you are taught, you know, it's just, you know, uh, the way it went. Yeah. One, you know, we were talking about insurmountable things. Like if you come from like a, Let's say you're going from an office job and you just said, I'm sick of the cubicle life and you just dive headfirst into the trades. And then you like, you, you look at the tools and you look at all the tooling that's required to be an electrician. And that can seem like an insurmountable hill because you don't know what you need for day one, day zero. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's so many obstacles that you just have to kind of stay, uh, you got to take a step back and like, what, what do I need? And you have to find the resources to, a lot of companies, they give you like tool lists of what they require. And it can be like, you know, 150 bucks of mm-hmm. tools you have to have before you start day one. It's like, wow, that's a, that's an investment. Like I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's might be, sometimes you can't afford it. And sometimes it's just a change in your mindset where you'd have no problem. Let's say spending $150 on, on, on online movies, you know, spending them on, on, on Netflix or, or, or Amazon prime. Because you've never spent so much as like a dollar on a screwdriver, hundred fifty dollars for for tools, those dumb stupid tools, and nah, that's that's a lot yeah. of money. I think a good piece of advice is if you want to, if you want to get into the trade as an electrician, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just don't don't think of it as a regular nine to five because you're not going to be provided everything you need to do your job right away. Mm-hmm. You got to right. it's an investment in yourself. You know, you learn a lifelong skill that you can go and take and make money anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, and this is kind of off the topic here, but one thing I think also 
that um, you know can kind of dissuade people from the trade a lot of times is okay. So you're the new guy. You're kind of tripping over yourself. Um, you don't have like those same. You don't have the same rhythm and cadence as most tradesmen have. And so you can kind of start frustrating your coworkers and even the boss to the point where you start getting yelled at by everybody. And, you know, it's like, you know, how long can you, you know, withstand, like, you know, being the guy that everybody kicks around until you kind of, you know, get your feet under you? Yeah, I think that's a that, that's something that's kind of dying out. And I've mm-hmm. never experienced that in, in the trade. Okay. I never I, that might be because I've always been an active person. I've always been working with Is that, my hands yep. and all, on my mm-hmm. feet. So I know mm-hmm. how my body moves. But even yep. when, like when I was when I first started as an apprentice electrician and, you know, my I would see my boss outworking me on sheer experience alone and i'd be trying to bust my ass trying to get things done and he still mm-hmm. was just outpacing me by miles and i didn't realize like how how much like he just knows how to do things like he would he would go through i can't tell you how many times i've been like struggling beating my head against something and he comes in and just does the thing in like two seconds and i'm just like man all right thank you. make me feel good about myself man thanks mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand because I, I mean I've done that before also where it's like I, I can put an RJ forty five on the end of of, of a category six cable in less than twenty seconds, you know, without using the easy connectors. With someone using the easy connectors, they're taking like you know ten minutes, twenty minutes. You know, I could I could put five plugs in before Z could get one done just because I was in track homes. Mm-hmm. That's what I had to do. Come up like, here and say that to my face. In my own house. You buy my plane ticket? <laughs> I will. <laughs> Don't think I won't. <laughs> you just want the coffee, the couch, and the home theater. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just good side effects. I also like to, you know, take an ego bump. It's also it's always nice. <laughs> uh, just be actually helpful to actually get more ground covered than just what one guy can do. Oh yeah. So, so what we need to do is like do a live video stream on YouTube of like three or four of us at the same time on video, uh, 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 trimming out receptacles. Oh, uh, I will, I will, I will come <laughs> in third place if there's four of us. <laughs> Listen, all right. Do I do I get my impact on this? Is a very important question. Do I get my impact? No, or not? no, hey, all hand tools. Oh, Fuck oh, you. oh, okay. I might be in third Z. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, I, 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 I was going to say no holes barred. You know, if, if you have robots, you have whatever. <laughs> if you got a factory. He was, he, was being, he was being nice. <laughs> so, so, so we level the playing field, only hand tools only. And that's probably the, 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 uh, the most fair way to do it. Now that's content. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, the, the amount of shit talking that would happen. Oh, it'd be mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> Couldn't post that one yeah. on YouTube. It'd be beep. Just be one. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, people so, so. And, and people gesticulating on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So let's just say, like, if, if if you're trying to break into this industry, and like, let's say you've you know filled applications and uh, you've gone online, and you've gone to job fairs. Um, you know, it's like like one. Of the, I guess for some people, breaking into the industry is very difficult because. A lot of times, you know, employers want people who've already been in the trade or um, they have some experience, you know, uh, contrary to what I said earlier about, you know, somebody, you know, they want somebody that can, you know, kind of shape and, and mold. So it's kind of you have that, have that balance between somebody who's teachable, trainable, but at the same time, they're not like, you know, totally green to this. And so what do you think? How, how does like somebody break into this or, or, or how do they, you know, kind of find their way in if they're not, 
getting in through the traditional uh, um, tr- through the traditional venues as far as like getting into the trade? I've helped a couple of people, you know, get into the trade just by being in it for so long and just making uh-huh. a few phone calls and seeing who's hiring. Um, that's one way. Know somebody, um, and it, and you know, have that person be willing to do some of the advocacy on your behalf in some way, shape or form. That's that makes it a little bit significantly easier. But the other way is to just put yourself out there and be uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Get comfortable and, uh, with being uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, you know, embrace the suck and uh, just, you know, hunker down and just do it because one way or another, it's this kind of work isn't going away. Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep getting more and more automated as well as integrated into mm-hmm. everything, any and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, getting into the industry when you can or how you can uh, now would be beneficial in the long run um, mm-hmm. for not just you, but your family or, you know, the, a future generation of people, because, you know, this is something that is passed from one person to another Mm -hmm. yeah as you know i can i tell people all the time that when they join the trade they need to take their pride and just throw it in the trash they haven't earned it yet um it's it's kind of like my catch saying catchphrase because when you come into the trade with no experience and you start doing actual actual electrical work whatever your past experience is like you can't you can't assume you know things because because of the nature of the work. Assuming can get people killed, mm-hmm. and you just need to ask questions. And if you can't get a job, like if you can't get a job, like you know, putting resumes in, go to job sites where there's electricians on site. Be like, hey, y'all hiring? Like, I put in I put in applications. I just need a job, and someone will bite. There's always someone looking for a helper. You, if you can't get in with a resume, talking to people is the is the most surefire way to get a job because you put a face to a name. They see the name on the resume. They said, "Hey, this guy came and found me." People mm-hmm. want that. Don't want that initiative. Yeah, I guess if you can crawl in the house for five days straight, uh, uh, you, you've earned your position. Yeah, <laughs> and like you can't be, uh, you know, kind of going back to the topic of you know how do you progress in the trade? Or I guess I'm not going back, but on the topic of progressing the trade is like. If if there's work that people like are not wanting to do because it's uncomfortable or it just it's just sucky hot work, be the first one to volunteer. No, I understand nobody wants to do it, but showing that initiative, that hunger to like to learn to do things, it's going to take mm-hmm. you very far in the trade. Oh yeah, absolutely. And because I don't know if it's true for everybody, but I would never send anybody to do something that I haven't done myself or I wasn't willing or able to do myself. Yeah, it's just I that I'm sitting. Absolutely. It's just I'm sending you to do it because I'd rather you do it because I don't want to do it. So I, I have an interesting it. comment here from um from one of the from Gecko. Mm-hmm. He said he wishes that more tradespeople would visit schools to educate students on like what it's actually like to be in the trades. That, I, that I would that, agree. Yeah. 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 I yeah. Think having exposure to the trades because we're pushed college so much in school, having exposure to that would be fantastic. Because it's not just terrible, terrible manual labor, like it's rewarding work. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get to the point to where it's not even that dirty. Yeah. If that's one thing that people are concerned about is coming home absolutely filthy. Sure, there, there'll be days where you come home and you're covered head to toe in something. And uh, 
and you're just like, man, I love, and then your mantra becomes, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Yep. Uh, and then eventually you're just like, man, I actually do love my job because mm-hmm. you're doing whatever it is that's making you happy at the moment. And for somebody who, you know, does all, you know, they live and die by, you know, custom homes. Okay. Yeah. That's, for, mm-hmm. you know, that's, your, that's your niche. Love it. Mm-hmm. You know, other people do lighting control. That's their niche. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you've got all rounders. It's a perfectly, it's perfectly okay to be an all rounder, not specialized in everything. There is a place for that. Like being able to just tackle any problem and you may not be the fastest or most efficient, but you can still, you know, you're smart enough to tackle it. That that's totally fine too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like other comments I'm reading here in the, in the discord chat um, is like, going on a ride along with a tradesman. Um, and many, many years ago, uh, we're like talking about like the 1970s, 1980s, people actually did that. Now that we've become more of a litigious society, it's very difficult for liability reasons. Uh, to take a high schooler out, a minor out onto the job site with you, and you get in the car with a strange man in, 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 in his big white van, and you're just going out to the job site. And the windows are spray painted, so nobody steals his shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that looks creepy because you know all his windows are spray painted. You know, <laughs> as a matter of fact, this is off the topic. This is a true story. Uh, one time, I was in a parking lot spray painting my windows, and a policeman pulled me over, and, 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 and he, pull, he pulled up to me and asked to see my ID because he thought something looked strange about that. Yep, yep, it happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, just another Tuesday in D.C., let's go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so it's, it's like um, um, I, I do agree that um, we need to bring, we need the, the um, young people need exposure to it, the high schools need exposure to it, um, because one thing that's just like really wonderful about the electrical trade is that this is like one of the few remaining industries where let's just say that whether you know you decide that you're not going to college, whether you dropped out of high school, whether you went to college and messed up, or you started on one path and it didn't work out and you want to do something else, you can get into this field anytime for whatever reason, and you'll basically make enough money to ha- to finance whatever lifestyle you want to live, to finance whatever bad habit you have, whatever addiction you have, uh, whatever other nonsense or crazy, wild kind of thing that you're into. Um, You know, some of us get rich and some of us just have enough money to do whatever it is we want to do. Yeah. And, you know, to be an electrician, you had to have a smoking addiction and a caffeine addiction. (laughs) It's just requirements. I have this theory that in order to be a master, you have to have at least a, a divorce. That's a requirement on the master license. I don't know about the, you know, what the other master's tests are like in all the other states, but in Minnesota, it said divorce in 10 years. Sign here. (laughs) But uh, joking aside, yeah, I I was sitting here nodding my head Mm -hmm. uh, and realized that I'm not on camera and you guys couldn't see me agreeing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like here, dead silence. Okay. Yeah, one day we'll do a live podcast and it'll be all hell breaking loose the entire podcast. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, but but I agree. I mean, I, I'm I'm not married, but you know, the time that I spent in this field for the last ten years, uh, okay, yeah, I probably could not have held down a decent relationship. So you know, I, I might have been going down the road before also if if I would have put you know my career ahead of my relationship. 
Yeah, I had to. I, I struggled for a while because mm-hmm. I was always gone. That's one yeah. thing about you know being in this trade is there's it's so vast you can go yeah. any which direction and I went the opposite direction of uh, settling down for a long time and that's mm-hmm. uh, it took a wonderful uh, woman to change that in me and it mm-hmm. and it had the happenstance of making me better at what I do uh-huh. in you know one way or another mm-hmm. um, not just more not just more patience uh, with uh, apprentices or anything but uh, more forethought more planning um, understanding the you know the intricacies of what I'm doing, where I'm at, and mm-hmm. you know what the cause and effect is. Because before then, I was just basically a glorified, you know, overgrown man child with a specific set of skills. Yeah. And, and, and now, you know, um, coming off of the road and you know actually being home for longer than you know a day or three at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, actually allowed me to actually learn more and broaden my horizons more um, in mm-hmm. the field, specifically in the field that I'm in. Okay, I got you. That's interesting. So, you know, the part of being a journeyman is the journey. And yes. you, have to, you have to do it. It's not just a, you know, I learn by reading and all of a sudden, and then you take your test and, oh, I'm a journeyman. For some people, that happens and it mm-hmm. works out just perfect for them for mm-hmm. the people that i know they had to actually struggle a bit yeah to get to where they are yeah struggling is the best way to better yourself as a person in my opinion well you know it's like it's like people who learn the hard way and learn the smart way and i think that you do have to learn the hard way to really appreciate the smart way yeah. work smarter not harder you have to you have to actually make a mistake or two to get mm-hmm. better at things. <laughs> you know, one thing I want to, and I want to, as we start heading towards the end of this podcast, I want to say is one thing I w- wish I'd known about electrician work before I started mm-hmm. was the amount of digging we do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that might've changed. That might've changed my, my opinions of the, of the trade a little bit before I got in. Mm-hmm. You that mean we have to shock. We have to use a <laughs> shovel. What is this? Yeah, I was like, you don't have like people. You don't have. We don't have people for you. We don't have people for that. (laughs) Right. Yes, you are the people. Yeah. Hi, hi, people. This is the trench we need, Doug. Here you go. Here's a shovel and a bottle of water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We. You know, the funny thing about our 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 industry, we are the people that they call they. Yep. You know, it's like, well, don't they have some lights going on? And don't they have a way to, you know, get power? Yeah, we are the ones they call they. We are yep. they. And then also as an electrician, we are the ones that give power. But we are the ones that use it the least. Yeah, well, yeah, because we're there before the lights go on. And we're there before the, you know, the outdoor lights are you know, buttoned up and ready to go. You know, yeah, you know, that's handed over. Yeah, you know, and, and that's interesting because I'm working on a construction site, I mean, a, a commercial site right now. And yeah, the only power that we're really using now that I think about is like to charge up our drills and to turn the lights on in our, in, in our field office to be able to do paperwork. 
But it's like the HVAC guys, you know, they've got their spot coolers all over the building and you've got the concrete guys doing the core drilling. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're using the least amount of power. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. the ones. <laughs> you know. It's a fun I, anecdote. I mean, well, we have the power to giveth and taketh away. And yeah. let me tell you, taking away is the greatest feeling in the world. Uh, I may be an asshole, but like, it's, it's probably. great. Well, you know, I, I kind of have sympathy for, 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 for the other trades because I figure if I was in that position and, you know, somebody was like holding an extension cord up in the air talking about that and then, you know, it's like, you know, you got to bow down to me before I plug this in. You know, I, I, that, that would make you feel terrible. So I, I would hate to do that to somebody else, you know. I, I just remember say, saying to somebody, I was just like, uh, we're going to do the yell test. And we're in this, you know, 30,000, 45,000 square foot place. And they're like, and all the rest of the trades are in here. And I'm like, the what? And I turn it off, and I just hear say, and I just hear somebody say, "Hey," because they turn their breaker off. <laughs> <laughs> now, like when I was working on production, they had us, they had us on um, cord patrols a lot, where we have uh-huh. we actually have to go and make sure that people didn't have cord, uh, you know, se- secondhand cord heads put on their, their cords. Yep. And one of my favorite things to do was to unplug their machine, wait for them to come out, and then cut it in front of them, and toss it in my truck. And I got a lot of I got a lot of nasty grams from my my bosses or from the from the the contractors. But like you know, as an electrician, that's part of our jurisdiction, and you can't be having that on job sites. So I, I found yeah. it fun. I, I I'm I'm a bit mm-hmm. of an asshole. I'm not going to deny that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So real quick, one more thing I just want to touch on this evening. Um, what is the worst thing that you've ever done? Um, knowing that you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyway, only because you were the new guy or because you had to suck it up or because it was just needed to be done. Like for instance, like I was working in a situation and I really shouldn't have done this, but, um, uh, we had to work in a crawl space that had three feet of standing water in it. And this was in the dead of winter. And, um, it's like the job that we had to do, but was not going to get done unless somebody went down into the water. And so, um, long story short, I was the guy that volunteered to win it, go in. I made, brought a change of clothes. Um, I even like you know changed my clothes in this lady's garage. You know, uh, um, didn't care who saw me, but it's like, um, um, you know, when when you got like live lines sitting in the water because they've fallen down from the from the uh, floor joists, you're in the crawl space. Um, you know, knowing now what I didn't know then, I probably would not have done it. I say you probably would have had to fire me. But like for that point, I needed my job real bad, so I went ahead and, and did it. Uh, um, crawled through three feet of standing water in order to uh, uh, hook up some receptacles and stuff. What about you guys? Oh, I'm having to go through my my list of safety OSHA violations <laughs> here. Um, I, I can name like one of my worst ones that almost oh, that would have gotten me kicked off a job site immediately. Um, mm-hmm. I was working at a rough. And we were pulling the home runs in. And I was the guy that was catching the wires and putting them into the panel. Mm-hmm. And just the way that this this particular house was set up, the the roofers had just put the roof on. They had put all their toe their toe boards right in front of my panel, and it was like forty or fifty toe, like ten foot long toe boards. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to mess with moving them and then moving them back every day for the two days we were going to be there. So I was like, ah, to hell with it. I'll just put the ladder on top of the pile of two by fours, leaning up against the wall, work off fired, work off the black step backwards. So I could get my, uh, so I get, <laughs> get all my lines in. Yeah. And, uh, it just so happens that 
that day OSHA was on site and running around. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, we, we caught wind that the inspector was driving down the, the way. Mm-hmm. And so I scurried down my ladder. I set that thing up in the middle of the garage and I go out to take lunch right as the inspector walks into the garage I was working in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I did that just, just because I, I had to, and I yep. was lazy. It wasn't because I was a new guy, but it's just, you know, I did it because I was comfortable with myself on a ladder. And it was just, it was, it was, it was not, not safe. It wasn't a good idea, mm-hmm. but I did it. And it's a thing that I, I look back. I was like, wow, I would have got kicked off that job site forever if they had caught me doing that. Mm-hmm. Cause I broke all the ladder safety rules. Like every single one of them was broken in yeah. one, in, <laughs> in one instance. <laughs> yeah. What about you Z? Uh, things I wish to do differently had I known better. Um, a lot. Um, think of me as a doctor who smokes in this okay. instance because yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, like I've written, you know, the policy, the safety policies and other documentation and whatever else mm-hmm. for stuff like that. So it's like, I know what not to do and I know what should be done. Mm-hmm. And in the industry that I'm in, there's no such thing as uh, complete safety, I guess. Yes. Because, uh-huh. you know, the arc flash boundary is the room you're in. So there's, okay. there's literally no safe way to work on this equipment, and you cannot turn it off. So, <laughs> so you can either PPE up and leave a pretty corpse, or mm-hmm. you can just not do it. And... Mm-hmm and just die instantly instead of maybe, you know, die awful, um, Mm -hmm. depending on if you got burned pretty bad. But one thing does stick out to where um, I got a panic phone call at like two in the morning. Um, Customer had a trans, uh, like a trapeze ish kind of, you know, small transformer feeding them one of their, customer places well uh-huh. it was winter and one of the exterior pipes for the water for this place burst in their mechanical room mm-hmm. and it was spraying water everywhere and so they uh, it was a, kind of like a step down thing so uh with some stairs and so this place filled up with water pretty quick i bet but all the electrical stuff was mounted at like three feet high including uh-huh. the transformer and electrical panel and so by the time I got there at like 3, 3.15, somewhere in there, um, it was already like waist height. So, and, and of course, you know, the manager with the keys is nowhere to be found, blah, 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 blah. It's just worst case scenario. I, so I'm, I wade through this water over to the arky sparky no-nos and mm-hmm. I reach up and I throw the blade switch and, uh, you know, kill the power to the transformer, which is feeding the, you know, which is feeding their panel um in the room so i literally so i just killed it at like you know five feet and below there's still power you know above that but that had i been there you know 15 minutes later i mean that you know dry type transformer would have energized that entire puddle and i would have stepped into it and died wow so had i know you know knowing what i know now like i would i would have heard that and i would have just been like ah this can wait until morning yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, getting in 
so becoming an electrician, it's a, it's a process and you can't rush it. Um, mm-hmm. the more you try to accelerate your learning, you can lead misunderstandings and you had to have to kind of take it one step at a time, you know, get your first job, start studying on your own time, buy a tool, a paycheck. You know, I think I've seen a couple of people say like set aside 40, 50 bucks a paycheck and that's your tool fund for forever. You know, you just slowly over time, build up all this stuff. My final thought is that you can work anywhere in this industry and do a multitude of things other than what you see on a regular basis. Uh, just because you've seen electricians doing certain things, that's not the, all there. All you, all you see is not all that there is to do in this industry. Zach? Uh, I don't really have any thought, you know, any more insight on this because, like, I, I, I was born and bred for it. I'm, I'm all about it, and I want more people to join. Wonderful. So I'd like to thank everybody for joining our EU podcast titled, So You Wanted to Be an Electrician, Things That We Probably Would Have Done Differently. And in our audience here on the Discord server, we got Gecko, Zilla, uh, Crimp Shrimp, Electro, Chocolate Sushi, Boba Fett, uh, Soda Fountain, Coco, Elect2K, Moto Dude 850, Pete, 19 year old contractor, Jaffa, Kills for Me, YT, and Squiddy88. We'd like to thank you all for coming and joining us this evening. Uh, we hope that you've actually learned something this evening and you enjoyed uh, listening to us talk for the last hour or so. And also, I want to talk again about Electrician U, um, where we do have all kinds of resources available for learning and for just. Um, improving who you are, whether you want to be in the field, you've been in the field for a while, or you just want to improve yourself one way or another. And so again, electricianu.com, you can just take a look around see what we have available. If you like what you see, we think that you should invest in yourself and become a member. We encourage all of our fans to participate in all of our forums and our social media platforms and just learn from our free YouTube videos. But if you want the best of what we have to offer, membership has its privileges. So until next time, this has been the EU Podcast. I'm Brock Lancaster and the co-host this evening have been Zachary Metten and Matt Bergen. Until next time, thank you for joining us for the EU Podcast. Thank you.